Welcome to episode 10 of the Dead Serial Podcast. I'm your host, LJ. Before I get started with my guest, Ryan Kane, this afternoon, I would like to give a quick shout out to Mark Seeley. He's a realtor and local artist here in Salt Lake City. I speak from personal experience working with Mark as my realtor as well as a collector of his art. Dude is wicked talented. You can find him at City Home Collective and on Instagram at Mark Seeley Art. This afternoon, I'm sitting down with my good friend and brother, Ryan Kane Von Doom. Kane is a veteran of the Air Force where he worked in operations intelligence. He currently works with electronic data integration, and he's a longtime musician here in Salt Lake City. Most recently, is a front man for local legends, Spooky DeVille. We're going to sit down, catch up today, chat about everything to nothing, including music, tattoos, movies, and whatever else comes our way. Just be able to nip this in the ass, so. All right. Jane, happy Sunday. Thanks for coming over and hanging out. <laughs> Thanks, LJ. How are you? Doing well, doing well. How are you? Doing very good. Thank you. A little uh, droggy after the pitiful RSL match yesterday against yeah. the AFC. What happened there? <laughs> well, we, we started out the day great. Pancake tailgate for the, the whole lot. And the South End supporters group did that as a whole. A little bit of day drinking, maybe. Always and, a good uh, time with SCU. Then we, yeah, Fortunately, always. I had to miss that. <laughs> for good reason, though. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, man, that was rough. Five to one. So long day. Even kind of made it an early night, and I'm just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the fun, though. Yeah. So uh, obviously, want to mention Spooky DeVille. Yes, sir. That's your band. When did you guys first kind of get together? Oh wow. So, um, we got together when I was 21 years old, and. Kind of met each other right around the same time. It all came together by uh, at a house party for our friends Morgan and Dina at the time, when they were uh, together. Anyway, had a great time. Uh, been doing that for a while. Had a little hiatus here and there, but played all sorts of shows in not only Utah but around Arizona, nice. California, um, Nevada, a lot of the Western United States, and um, yeah, played bigger festival shows and also went on a little mini tour. But yeah, had a Bit of fun in the 20s. Well, you kill it as a front man. Uh, overly you. impressed jamming with you a little bit earlier today on some spooky DeVille. So, Rockabilly, Psychobilly? Uh, Psychobilly, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily traditional roots American music, but it takes a lot of a pull from multiple genres around that time. Um, lots of surf influences as well as yep. like bluegrass. Notice that. Some of the ska, like reggae type influences as well in there is uh, the metal and punk influences yeah so it gets a bit heavier at times when it's appropriate <laughs> kind of a weird jumbled mix and it reminds me of that johnny cash song uh where he talks about psycho billy cadillac nice hell yes and going it's I haven't just listened to that song together in a long pieces time, of lots of different classics <laughs> yeah great song yeah absolutely well that's badass uh you spent a little bit of time in the air force i did yeah so right out of high school i uh, enlisted and got on the delayed entry program so Kind of gave me a chance to get a little bit more um, in shape for <laughs> going to uh, basic training and things like that beforehand. So okay. I went in uh, right when I turned 18, spent some time in Texas going through training as well. Beautiful as Texas. Training. I love Texas. Shout out yeah. to my family down San in Texas. San Antonio and San Angelo. Great nice. places. Uh, Interesting, because all their like highway systems are based off of circles, and it felt like everywhere <laughs> I went around there, I was lost. But I still somewhat ended up where I wanted to be. Nice. Then I moved to Utah, 
Um, that's where I ended up getting stationed, got duties to come to. Up at Hill Air Force Base? Hill Air Force Base. Yeah. Did some trainings in some other states as well, but my, my primary duty station was Hill. And, um, yeah, fell in love with Salt Lake City. <laughs> State put. Yes, sir. Original from, uh, Originally from the Bay Area? I am. From uh, Martinez, California. Where is that in about? It's I haven't really been to the Bay Area About 15, 20 minutes east of Oakland and Berkeley. So okay. I spent a lot of time all through, so all over the East Bay growing up, going to different shows and parties. And I had to have been huge fell just in love for with the music scene. Yeah, musical influence, mainly punk rock music scene. There was a lot, really a healthy of punk rock scene there <laughs> and hardcore. Um, nice. AFI was kind of like the big local band growing up. I have um, no shame in admittedly yeah. being an AFI fan. Uh, oh, absolutely. And from those times back in the day and seeing them in small clubs and venues and hanging out. Like actually bullshitting with the guys after the show compared to it. You kind of know where they come from. but That's, that's the great thing about I'm the music I'm a little jealous. Scene. That's right. You, you yeah. were able to do Well, that. it's been really strong in Salt Lake, too, in the past. And it seems like it's getting even stronger now um, all across the genres. Like doom metal, stoner metal is great here. Uh, there's some pretty good hip-hop going on. Name some doom metal or stoner metal for us. Oh, from Local or not. Yeah, preferably, preferably local, but... Not Salt necessarily. Lake, uh, Temple Smoke is just starting up. I've uh, been listening to yeah, some Temple Smoke. exciting things coming out and of that's, that. Uh, Justin, who also did the intro for this podcast. That's one of his like, big projects there was, in the pipeline, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah good Justin's a good dude. Yep. Um, up, Scott Justin? Wardle as well. Uh, there's um, Dwellers. Dwellers is great. Temple Smoke, Dwellers. Um, what would you recommend for old somebody? Old timer was awesome. Uh, I don't know if they're to necessarily. Oh, <laughs> that's if you're doesn't new have to, to be metal, So it's like blues inspired, heavy heavy metal. <laughs> Think like old Black Sabbath Love and it. and beyond. Nice. Um, but Black Sabbath was considered like one of the first real doom metal bands. Um, even though it wasn't really a thing, but yeah. almost all of it is like Sabbath worship from there on, where it's like <laughs> emulating similar sounds as to what's going on with that. So, um, sleep is probably one of the high points in doom metal. Well, out sleep of San Francisco. just played here recently. They did right? just recently play here in Salt nice. Lake. It was great. Um, they, them high on fire is kind of like thrashier, speedier doom metal. Okay. Um, but. Electric Wizard is definitely. A <laughs> I've heard that name before. High point. Yeah. Um, From there, what else are you listening to? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, be all over the so place a little bit with you. <laughs> I've I've been really into King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> that band has been what it. last year alone. They recorded and came out with five albums, and and put them out on in 2017. a single year. Yeah. Damn. And every single Ambitious. one of them has a different flavor Good to point. it. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe it. But all, their whole catalog, everything's different. All their album albums sound unique in their own way, but it still has that continuity to it's King Gizzard. <laughs> and uh, King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard? <laughs> Lizard Wizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so their last album is called, uh, it's like Polygonawana Land. <laughs> trippy stuff but it's it's smooth worth worth checking out if you haven't had the chance i'll throw it on the spotify i'll check it out 
What have you been listening to lately, Eldred? What have I been listening to lately? I'm all over the place. It's hard to keep track. I'll usually blast it on Instagram and the story just to kind of fulfill space and keep shit active. But Instagram, uh, Blasted Integrity on Friday. I've been listening to a lot of 80s synth pop lately. I think, oh, is yeah. it? Like uh, 80s is pop, it, like new wave type Was it pronounced Nina? Nina? N-E-N-A? 99 Red Balloons. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of their shit, not just that song, the Atomic Blonde soundtrack. I've been jamming a lot lately. Nice. Revisiting the Drive soundtrack a little bit. I still Not the to... score, but the actual musical soundtrack for Drive. Oh, okay, like the companion yeah. thing where the songs aren't necessarily in the movie, but they're... No, like... they are. But there's also another playlist that's... The, those same songs, but then it stretches off from there. Oh, okay. So that's kind of where I've been at lately, but... Cool. I still need to check out Atomic Blonde. You've been saying good things. That's a good movie. I dig... It kind of like spy movies. It's a total spy movie. So it doesn't matter. I think I get that from my dad and growing up watching James Bond Absolutely. flicks. Absolutely. I, I used to... When it was on TBS James Bond back in the day, kid, there'd dude. be those week-long James Bond marathons. Yep. Hell yeah. yes, there still are. Like around yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's like that. And the Godfather trilogy just on repeat on AMC. <laughs> those marathons. And when they do the cut of the, the Godfather epic that's recut in chronological order with all the deleted scenes they could find. Have you seen that version of the Godfather? Um, I don't think I have. No, I've seen just the regular Fucking phenomenal. <laughs> number one movie, probably. If I had to boil it down, and it's hard for me to pick number ones, but I'd like to the Godfather, Godfather epic... In chronological order and with the deleted scenes is is fucking huge. And, and talking about movies, we saw the new Black Panther Marvy, Mar- wow, Marvel <laughs> flick not Marvie. too long ago. Good old Marvy. <laughs> yeah, that Black Panther film was really cool to see. Dude, um, it was very impressive. Well lots, done. Lots of uh, points that touched on the hero's journey, but still uh, went off of that in its own way and created a whole other part of the world that we have yet to really see highlighted on film. It was really yeah. cool to see. Well, and in particular in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Yeah. And what it means to that moving forward, kind of the, the I liked how they went through the history of the uh, the uh, Panther yeah. tribe. Maybe potential spoiler alerts here for the Black Panther and, and Infinity War, but I think that Blast Stones in Wakanda. It's got to be sitting know. there. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't think that... Because, I mean... <laughs> You Wakanda, want to speculate Wakanda's on this? really cool on its own, <laughs> not just because of the vibranium, but that's like their huge MacGuffin. Yeah. And so to have another Infinity Stone in Wakanda, I mean, that'd be cool and it would be deserving, yeah, but at the same time... I've had way too much time on my hands, <laughs> but what if somebody hid the last stone in a giant meteor of vibranium and just shot it into space and it happened to land where Wakanda is. So you're saying kind of like a scenario <laughs> where it's like the kryptonite inside of the lead capsule, but Superman can't see it because I love that lead. analogy. Yeah, more or less. So like nobody that. suspects it, but it's inside of like yeah. some vibranium in case. If I'm right, I'll be stoked, but I, cool. that's just I me having that. too that much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to speculate. Uh, you mentioned you just started season two of Jessica Jones on I Netflix. Did. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, I really like those shows for their pacing. I know they get a little bit of crap from some of the fanboy community because it doesn't Which feel I don't, I don't understand, though. I can see that. It's, on, it's not like CW, CW quality crap, though. 
Right, but Sorry, I do like DC. the long, I like the long format. Yeah, DC's TV is actually pretty all right. I haven't watched a whole lot just because kind of. The last thing I really proactively watched was Smallville, and it was just filler because it was on TV. It right. wasn't bad. I mean, it yeah. was. It was, but it was CW quality. You can say that, and people are like, ah. Oh. Graphic novel and comic book style filmmaking, and like on both the small screen and the big screen, it has come so far. Oh, yeah. We were kids. Like, I remember we were talking the other day about fan casting, and now it's almost annoying because we're spoiled by how much awesome <laughs> footage of that we have. Yeah. And when we were a kid, it was fun to geek out and speculate, oh, what if this was a thing? Yeah. Well, and it forces you to use your imagination. Right. Uh, that's one thing that is read with graphic novels and comics and especially radios and old school radio dramas in particular. Is I like that aspect of it's encouraging your imagination and being creative. And I think that's huge. It is. Yeah. And... It's cool to see how that inspires, not just us as adults, but, I mean, how kids think. How kids relate to it is huge. Right. And, so, and it's feeling awesome. like they can be included in something or a part of something. And, like, representation is a huge thing <laughs> with, across the board. Because, I mean, sometimes you come, like, there. there's a lot of kids, that, especially from... Us growing up, there was a lot of people who come from, like, broken homes. Right. And sometimes father, mother figures lacking in a positive manner because you see your parents fighting a little bit more often. It's a bit of an unfortunate thing, but, it, you know, we might take that for granted as an adult. Or religion might not necessarily be a thing for everybody. Or they might be turned off of it because of how people within those religions act. Yeah, and how they present themselves. Right, it can feel a bit judgmental and, like, selective so or exclusive. It just offers an alternate source of motivation and an to example of how to better yourself, be a better... Be be the superhero, don't be the supervillain. Right. Which is... It was awesome. I, I like that escapism. Obviously, TV, movies, comics, movies. Yeah. I think I just said movies twice. Well. But, hey, <laughs> we pre-gamed a little bit. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> uh, jammed some Spooky DeVille and, and kind of gave you a preview of the podcast. So that's where we're at. <laughs> was, it's cool to be a part of it instead of like listening. I, unfortunately, I'm not completely caught up in dead cereal. That's fine. I'm so stoked that Asshole. you got this time. <laughs> I listened to 3.5 of them. <laughs> uh, nice. Well, um, that that would actually be like, what, four episodes. episodes you're, you're my first double digits. Cool. I'm turning 10 right with Kane in the house. I so I appreciate back it. in the day <laughs> talking about dead, the idea of dead cereal popping up for you, and I'm I'm proud of you, man. Right it, on. Thank you very much. It, it's been fun. It's I don't know. It took me a few years to actually do it. And uh, I've been checking out The War of Art, which is a press-filled novel that Jensen talked about on my last episode. But you wouldn't know. You didn't listen to it. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's really cool because it just talks about creativity and the resistance and identifies resistance and presents scenarios on how to deal with that. And resistance could be anything. It's uh, basically distractions, so you know. 
So in what in what way? Explain that resistance to me a little bit. And like resistance, I I really want to. I'm gonna adapt adopt this new diet. I'm gonna stop drinking alcohol for a minimum amount so like of time. Push different goals. And then boundaries are like you set out to do norms. that. You buy a gym membership. You go to the gym two or three times a week. Then it's two or three times a month. Then so forth and so on. And that's a resistance. That you know that hesitation. The the excuse. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I did that with this podcast forever. And and an example of that to answer your question would be the resistance for me in actually doing it is. Knowing anybody's going to be able to tune it in, knowing it's not going to be for everybody, and criticism, and finally I just learned to accept that and tell resistance to fuck off, if you will, applying it to that book, but and actually did it. And either people are going to tune in and they're going to dig it, they're going to like what I have to say, hopefully they're going to enjoy the perspectives of individuals I have on it, and love it or hate it, it's there, I'm going to keep doing it, I'm having fun, it it. Just having that opportunity to sit down and bullshit, like we sure. talked about back in the day, like that should just be the podcast, just bullshit. Like right. we're hanging out. It's but it's not. There's a point <laughs> to it. Yeah, exactly. We're hanging out. We're doing our thing, but winging a, it unscripted. A lot of what I appreciate <laughs> about our friendship is there's always been more substance or like something to discuss and challenge each other on certain ideas different perspectives ideas. but like my perspectives and your your comments on resistance is pretty cool because as i've i guess grown a little bit it helps to have the tool of seeing things in archetypal means and you can apply them across the board on whatever scale and like telescopic yeah. point you want to go to i'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> and that kind of reminds me of that clip that i actually sent you which is Funny and like talking about the archetypes with superheroes and right. whatnot. Whatnot. Each one has their own characteristic that they well, tend to highlight. And Joe Joe Limbaugh was on episode two. Okay. Um, he yeah. he mentioned on that episode, which you said you did tune into. So, but the modern superhero or the superhero story is a modern day mythology. Right. You know for. Us, I Joseph think Campbell more, discussed quite a bit about oh, yeah. that in Hero of the Thousand Faces. I'm listening to that right now. I yeah, took a break sure. to tune into The Art of War because one's, I think, Man with a Thousand Faces is like ten and a half hours, and I'm halfway through it, and then this other book's three. You know, it's, like, it's a big bite to chew off. Just take a break. And yeah. uh, Jason Woodland, our brother from Another Lodge, he does Always a Journey podcast. I was having tea with him, and he actually introduced the notion to me of checking out more than one book at a time. So you mentioned <laughs> off show. Well, yeah, one book at a You can, like, you hit on one point and just follow the rabbit hole and, yeah. and come back, and it's cool to hear other people's experiences with that, too. Nice. And it's funny that you're talking to Sean Patrick. Right. Another uh, and who should be on episode friend. 11. Good friend, good guy. He is... He knows Jensen. They go back. psychologist or psychotherapist. Yeah. Has a so, lot of training with that, and that touches on lots of archetypes and the anima animus. And I'll let him cover more of that since he's much more educated. I don't want to hack that portion up <laughs> <laughs> before you get to him. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous but excited to sit down with him. And that's kind of how I am with everybody, but... Because I'm hoping well, yeah. I'll learn something and create something cool. So it's kind of fun to go down that path. 
Well, it's cool to stretch yourself in those different areas where you might be slightly uncomfortable, but yeah. you do it and overcome those you grow fears. And and, yeah. yeah. You do it despite whatever animosity because it's the right thing to do or because, you know, <laughs> just pushing yourself to better yourself. <laughs> and bettering yourself is important, I think. Knowing you're not perfect, you're not going to be perfect, but... Still striving for still more perfection. attempting to achieve that goal of perfection. Right. You know I mean, that's some deep stuff. We could probably go off into multiple tangents. Well, here we are. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And you... Uh, I asked everybody for a movie or a TV clip, and you gave me one that was... I think it's the first nonfiction clip that I have, which is awesome. It's also the first clip I have that's over two minutes. Um, but I said, fuck it. it yeah, is, it was it a is couple seconds is. over. Yeah. So it was Carl Sagan. Yep. And that's... From the Cosmos series. It's a very, very small clip of a larger portion yeah. for sure. There was That was a multiple episode series in the 80s. If, you have, if you're not familiar with Cosmos. And then what was the... They did a second season with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. On Fox. And I guess they're working on another season of that now. Yeah, so I've heard that as well. The Neil deGrasse Tyson one was uh, really cool to see, uh, like an updated version of those ideas that Carl Sagan brought up, and a lot of it kind of retreads some of that territory. Right, which is awesome. Though. But expanded on it, and the graphics were awesome to see. The visuals were great. Cinematography was good. Neil deGrasse Tyson himself did amazing. He did a great, great job. Great job, but nothing's like the original. And Netflix had the original Cosmos on there for a bit. For yeah, for a while. I think I watched it half a dozen times. That's so good. <laughs> and Carl Sagan's voice is like this. It's unique. And kind of geeky, but it's hypnotic. And he puts across some great ideas that would otherwise be very hard to digest or explain. Because it can be tough to explain some of those abstract ideas as far as the physics. It can physics. be tough to digest some of those ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. Uh, I think we're coming up on a half hour, so we'll listen to the clip. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and All right. finish See it up. Soon. About the fourth dimension. Now, to approach that, let's consider a cube. We can imagine a cube in the following way you take a line segment and move it at right angles to itself an equal length. That makes a square. Move that square an equal length at right angles to itself, and you have a cube. Now, this cube, we understand, um, casts a shadow. And that shadow, we recognize. It's, you know, ordinarily drawn in uh, third grade classrooms as two squares with their vertices connected. Now, if we look at the shadow of a three-dimensional object in two dimensions, we see that, in this case, not all the lines appear equal. Not all the angles are right angles. The three-dimensional object has not been perfectly represented in its projection in two dimensions, but that's part of the cost of losing a dimension in the projection. Now, let's take this three-dimensional cube and project it, carry it, through a fourth physical dimension. Not that way, not that way, not that way, but at right angles to those three directions. I can't show you what direction that is, but imagine that there is a fourth physical dimension. In that case, we would generate 
a four-dimensional hypercube, which is also called a tesseract. I cannot show you a tesseract because I and you are trapped in three dimensions. But what I can show you is the shadow in three dimensions of a four-dimensional hypercube or tesseract. This is it. And you can see it's two nested cubes, all the vertices connected by lines. And now the real tesseract in four dimensions would have all the lines of equal length and all the angles right angles. That's not what we see here, but that's the penalty of projection. So you see, while we cannot imagine the world of four dimensions, we can certainly think about it perfectly well. All right, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> we just took a quick break. We listened to a clip from uh, Carl Sagan's Cosmos. You're the first person when I've asked for a clip. I love it. People give me movie clips and they kind of fill on the spot, hopefully a little bit. And I've been able to play around with that and include a bunch of rad movies. But I was impressed you went with a nonfiction and something educational, which I felt tied in cool to the micro episodes I have. You know, John F. Yes. Kennedy, Ram Dass, Timothy Leary. There's others Great in the pipeline. Interview. Yeah, I love that interview. <laughs> um, Reminds but me of their what? book, The Psychedelic Experience, where they kind of like nice. go over uh, different types of entheogens uh, and how they um, kind of put you in your own little journey <laughs> for a moment. Yeah, back to the hero's <laughs> Explore journey. aspects of, you know, your higher self in ways that, you know, you might not otherwise think of, but all of a sudden they appear in front of you with different substances and um you know you can either run from that and have what's considered a bad trip or you know kind of charge through those areas that might be a little bit rough around the edges and touch on some yeah. things and resolve them inside of yourself sometimes just the just realizing what a bad trip actually is mm -hmm. and confronting that and it's hard to put into words it is for it me it's different for uh, every person obviously i'm not shy talking about plant medicine and psychedelics and things of, of that nature which in a sense kind of does lead to the fourth dimension which carl sagan kind right. of mentions here if you will again just a theory <laughs> potentially yeah <laughs> but i really like that that you chose that and why do you think in particular that clip and where he's talking about the fourth dimension and the tesseract Etc. Yeah, so um, he goes over earlier before that section of the clip where he talks about flatland. And okay. it's easier for us to grasp that, like what something would be like in two dimensions, because we see it all the time on like newspaper, like the cartoon section, or in comic books, or okay. whatever. Um, it's a world that exists in two dimensions, and they don't have any concept of the third dimension or up like yeah, what I know three dimensions is. Exactly. So it goes over about. a point, which would be like <laughs> dimension zero to like a line, dimension one, where it's only a length. Okay. And then length and width, so like a square, flat square, that would be two dimensions. Uh, the third dimension we're familiar with because we experience it uh, along with we experience what the duration of time is, but we can't quite visualize that from outside of it like we can looking around a different side of a cube like oh there's the face of it but now oh there's the side and oh there's the top <laughs> if we like stand up or right. go left or right well that's um, our reality is the third dimension right so that's what we're most familiar with and understanding of and so 
that's one of those clips that has always kind of like stuck out to me because it gives you a sense of that telescopic nature of different experiences or instances or symbols, archetypes, things like that. Um, but it also helps to think outside of the different timelines or potential timelines that there could be based off of your decisions helps to kind of yeah. uh, bring to vision different outcomes of your thought or uh, whatever choices you decide to make. So pretty impactful for me. And when I came across that clip, probably my early 20s. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to Carl Sagan much later in my life, but I'm still happy I was introduced. There's a lot of people who have no idea who Carl Sagan is. Yeah. And so he's an astrophysicist. <laughs> Very groovy cat. Yep, astrophysicist. Um, great knowledge on biology as well. Yeah. But, uh, he had a big impact on NASA in its early days. And pretty interesting, you uh, brought JFK because he was one of those big pushes for space the exploration. United States getting yep. into that and pushing space that space program. Correct. And so um, he designed actually on the, I believe it was the Pioneer and Voyager satellites. Like one of them was uh, like a golden plaque. Where, yeah, or the golden record. Right, and which is available in its entirety on Spotify now. Right, just in case any other civilization (laughs) came across it once we sent that satellite out. I didn't know that was available on Spotify. They just uh, very recently, maybe two, three months ago, Max. So it's a compilation of different music from across the world. Different things in different languages. Yeah, it's a trip to listen to it. It's almost a little Stanley Kubrick. 2001 Space Odyssey creepiness like to it in a really cool monolith. way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no monolith, please. That's a <laughs> that's a phenomenal film too. Uh, but I really I dig that clip, and uh, I'm glad you brought up Cosmos because it it is been a while since I've revisited space. <laughs> nice cold course. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, we were kind of all over the place. I'm I have ADD. I was super excited to have you sitting down with me. One of my oldest friends, we have a shit ton in common. Um, but kind of taking it back to Spooky DeVille, the main reason I was kind of eager to get you on, you guys have your last show coming up. We do, yeah. So, like, did the thing in our early 20s, kind of got to back together the last few years to, do, you know, have our own lives, but still want to do something musically once in a while. And Yeah. So we have our last show coming up April 1st. Where's that going to be at? Metro Music Hall. Nice. Which in Salt Lake City, 615 West, 100 South. Um, great venue. I, love, I was Lance and Will bought it and redid it. And nice. The sound in there is amazing. I went with you. You you dragged me out, thankfully, yeah. to Lords of Acid. Lords of Acid and Combi Christ. Was like, dude, Combi Christ, don't get me started. And they're coming in May. <laughs> they are coming in May. We're going to go guys have some fun there. Life. Dude, their drummer is... <laughs> As we've, as I've stated to you several times, is un, unreal, just like you said. <laughs> He's the best live musician I've ever seen. As far as performance-wise? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Uh, which is awesome. So Spooky DeVille, Metro Music Hall, April 1st. Who are you guys playing with? We're playing with Coffin Cats. They're from Detroit. And uh, Goddamn Gallows from I love Detroit both as names. well, I believe. Or Michigan somewhere. Um as well as against the grain, but we have quite a bit of history with both Coffin Cats and Goddamn Gallows individually. That's going to um, be fun. I think we played our second show ever with Goddamn Gallows, played with Coffin Cats several times. We actually met up with uh, the Gallows in 
uh, Vegas one time. We played Double Down Saloon together. Sweet. Um, <laughs> it played. Yeah, it was. We had such a good time there. Uh, now they, they take care of you at that bar. They do. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're equally intoxicated with the, the crowd. Not yeah. It, it's not very often that I would like play other than having maybe a beer before. Okay. But that's interesting. Yeah. You know? So we played like one set. Gallows played. Audience wanted more, and so we just played a whole other set afterward. Like again, like all right, and like a by big that encore time, drunk set. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit sloppy, but <laughs> I don't think anybody minded. Nice. <laughs> I asked you if you had any music on iTunes. You're like, no, I don't. So you brought over kind of a rough cut of an album. You guys made eleven tracks. Right. Like yeah. That. So. No. I mentioned earlier, we originally recorded like in a basement, did our first little EP, recorded <laughs> another full-length album, like an actual studio. And this one, so we recorded it in the studio, but it's like a rough cut. It yeah. never was mastered or anything, and this is our second album. By that time, our drummer had left and kind of tried to get it back to going again after some time. Didn't quite work out, so kind of went on a little hiatus. Um, but the album just sat for... It's called Thrill House of Terror. Uh, kind nice of, name. Kind of... Uh, it's a killer album, too. Well, it's... <laughs> that, we brought, got it off of The Simpsons, so Thrill House. Like, oh, they nice. Got bone, like Treehouse of Horror. Crusher or whatever that Mortal Kombat-like video game. Yeah, Treehouse yeah. of Horror. So, like, Thrill House of Terror. I think it was Bone Crusher. Something the Simpsons like fans are going to hate us. <laughs> Haters. I, somebody there's yeah. pulling out God their hair. Damn it, it's, it's, it's episode 385 of Bunker Murder. <laughs> no, bring, bring the hate. That's fine. We'll deal with it. I'll give you a hug anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do no harm, take no shit. Right. Uh, aside, go ahead. Likewise with that, I appreciate that you've brought on uh, Second Amendment because I think it's a lot of things people think, oh, it's some crazy extreme right-wing militant where it's like i might no. have certain conservative yeah. points of view but i'm not well i think some nutcase and joe rogan kind of put it it kind of said it the best and not to swing off rogan but he, i mean he is as i mentioned well, in the last episode very he's a very smart individual and, and very enlightened but you don't have to be left or right i never have been my whole life right and i think he he kind of termed it and maybe he didn't, but he referenced it. Um, centrist? You basically. But it's like not necessarily they, that because you're not bad. trying to find good, that yeah. common ground, so to speak. Because a there's lot of good times and that bad could, on both sides. Right, and there yeah. is, and I'm and I'm not here to no. to at all. This is a free form. If something's wrong, I'm gonna stand up. I'm not trying to find the common ground and enable something terrible. Right. Like I'll stand up what I, for what I feel is right, but I'm not going to follow any kind of mainstream politician like it's a personality cult. No, absolutely if, not. If they're it, doing things that I agree with, of, great. Yeah. And I'll support them in that. But if they're not, then I'll say something. One of my favorite movie quotes is from uh, Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi in episode two of Star Wars and Anakin's just popping off about Senator or... Uh, Chancellor Palpatine, Bob, and he simply is like, stop, dude. Like, he's a politician. He's not to be trusted. And I've <laughs> kind of always had influenced that. influenced by yeah. ulterior motives. And even if they go into office with the best intentions, they, people can be corrupted and distracted, and we kind of mentioned resistance in the first half. And Or going along just a, to get yeah. along, which enables 
stuff that puts Greed, us all in harm. Ego. You're going to give me how many thousands of dollars? I don't, you know what I mean? And speaking of the Second Amendment, it's you don't have to be pro-firearm or I don't know how to word it. It's such a touchy An ammosexual type thing. You know what I mean? But right. there is a, a time and a place for weapons to defend yourself from threats foreign and domestic. Even if this point we understand that we could easily be outpowered, we understand that, I mean... It's a little bit different than that, and yeah. it's it's possibly just a symbolic gesture, if anything, but, yeah, it's still something that is, you need to be able to protect your own property, if anything else, or yourself, your family, your, your, neighbor. your community, yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to be crazy gung-ho, it's not like extreme left or extreme right for me. There is that time and that place. But at the same time, I'm not anti-gun regulation. I think that there are certain procedures that I've myself accepted. and Possibly like a spec licensing thing over the course of many years. At the very minimum, go through something similar to the concealed firearm permit class that requires range time. And for somebody who's preferably of law enforcement or, or prior military experience. Somebody who has a is comprehensive competent that this individual is firearms. stable and confident and safe and can operate their firearm. It's a tool. You definitely need checks it's and It's a tool. Not everybody should have an AR-15. That's fine. That's right. fair. But if you want to go through certain checks and balances... To be able to apply for the right to own one. Right. Like, you can't just get your learner's driving permit and go out and drive a big rig. Or like something like that. And it's almost disturbing. People, in my opinion, it's always when there's something involving a firearm, there's a huge outrage. When it's somebody uses a knife in the UK, somebody uses a Home Depot truck in New York City, in certain parts of the Middle East, people fucking blow themselves up. It... A sick and deranged individual is going to find a means to an end to serve their their purpose or their cause. Extremist philosophies are counterproductive. Scary shit. And I mean, extremist is. philosophies just through social media and people buying into... Seeing people get in their echo chambers and yep. create some <laughs> other to be an enemy. Like, at all times, like, you can go in and say one thing against, let's say, whatever particular politician. Yeah. And they immediately go to the binary opposite. Oh, you must worship blah, blah, blah. Oh, right. I get oh, that all the time. Goodness. From the left that and the right. that simple? <laughs> Honestly, it's insane, dude. It's like, no, I can disagree with both sides. Yeah. I mean, anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. On a lighter note, uh, obviously, <laughs> I, I mentioned tattoos on quite a few episodes and how that's a part of our culture and... You also are a collector of tattoos. So you've got quite I a bit of work done. I appreciate artwork. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. Um, I do as well. My mom, I remember she first saw my chest piece and my rib panels, and she's, she would say, and she said it for a few years. She might still say it on occasion, but it's beautiful art, but it doesn't belong on my boy. Like, no. <laughs> uh, sorry to inform you, I am over the age of 18. <laughs> It is a part of our culture, and it's kind of it ties into that subculture of music, and especially punk. But to me, I mean, punk could be anything. It could be hardcore, psychobilly, metal. Anything that's a bit outside that's, and yeah, against counterculture. Correct. Right. Counterculture and what you, whatever you're doing, do you? Right. And it's cool to see how different apparent countercultures, however they choose to identify, 
oftentimes you'll see them all at the same shows together, like mingling, yeah. like everything's great. Well, I think that's another big purpose of what punk rock was or whether it was the purpose or a byproduct is that everybody's welcome. Everybody's different. Right. And again, they're welcome. Yeah. Like, it's a big family. Like we might have our yeah. arguments here or there, but yeah. here we are at Thanksgiving together. Everybody's went to <laughs> Every the... show is Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a high school or a family reunion. I recently went to Judge and Crow Killer, yeah. Tamerlane. And, and I fell out of the hardcore scene years ago. You were there. You yeah, rolled with me. And a good time. Lots of friends. Yeah, it's crazy how many people you run into. And people you haven't seen in forever. And people, like, from across the board, across yeah. the spectrum. And with tattoos, we got the Salt Lake City International Tattoo Convention coming up this Convention's month as well. I, I don't have the date handy. It's this upcoming uh, weekend, so I'm going to be oh, in Mexico Oh, so the 16th, 17th, and 18th, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. There's so many great tattoo artists, not just Well, and that's local, another great opportunity. You see a bunch of people from the, those music scenes and yeah. tattoo car scenes, scenes, art, car scenes, motorcycle clubs. We, Salt Lake's really cool where it is small that we all kind of, all those it's like different melting pot. subcultures are one big counterculture. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, I dig it. You I'm sure on, other cities are very much the same way. I hope but, so. Um, there are certain cities that seem a bit more like they're hubs for people who are, I guess, not necessarily local natives, or maybe they are and they like help influence their scene, the scene as well. Nice, but yeah, yeah, it's cool seeing. Excuse the me. way culture travels around. I'm belching up a storm over here. The chorus <laughs> is just hitting me. A couple, couple <laughs> but yeah, tattoo tattoo culture is definitely growing a lot since. You know, I started getting them. Oh, it's 18. huge! I'm 33 I think it now. was. Uh, I was getting my Medusa neck piece done. Colby Burleson at, at Good Times did that quite a while ago, and I think it was Pete Rose who was either apprenticing or tattooing at the time there. And I, I was getting my neck lined out, and he's like, "Oh, you're getting a job stopper." <laughs> and that was kind of the mentality back then. I mean, right. you're talking early you 2000s, late 90s. Even below yeah. your elbow. Oh, yeah. Hand tattoos, neck tattoos, face tattoos were a big no Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's really cool and it says a lot about our, our culture. Now, that's not a big deal. You can see somebody who's... Hold respectable positions yeah. and show uh, that you're... A high management position in a big appearance. corporation and they can be sleeved out from their throat down to their toes and it ain't shit. And it shouldn't be. Right. You know I mean, what I choose to partake in and how... It, to identify your character myself. Isn't your my character is my yeah absolutely of course you see certain tattoos that might be a little bit obvious and yeah, you're like, oh, for some people you're like going on there? i don't know if i would have gotten that <laughs> not a whole yeah probably not a wise decision with that well i think i introduced you but, quite a while ago to a to sucky tattoos on instagram <laughs> it's sucky tattoos that's the greatest i love it <laughs> Dude, there's some and you almost feel bad for them but there's some really pathetic oh, options yeah. choices people Just choose full to on, take oh yeah why would you get that tattooed on you in the first place <laughs> i can see a tattoo just going bad and maybe the artist like you know Fucked up inflated or, his own ability yeah and then it's just not good artwork but there's somewhere I'm like, why did you choose that? And these people <laughs> took a picture of it and posted it on social media. It was like, look at this. Yeah. Poor souls. <laughs> Aside from uh, tattoo work, which obviously yeah. you mentioned is art, do you collect art at all? you have any 
particular types of prints or paintings? Um, I've got a few pieces. Yeah, I mean, like yourself, I mean, I love like posters. <laughs> uh, John Are you Dyer. Saying I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a problem. Maybe you have a habit. You're saying John Dyer? Was it uh, Dreyer? John Dyer Baisley? He is uh, the singer of Baroness, but he's done multiple different uh, bands covers from like Kylisa to um, Skeleton Witch. Done album covers for them, but I I love his artwork. I've got a few pieces by him. Um, also Nick. Phillips. Nice, yeah. I've Nick got Phillips. some Nick Phillips uh, Loyalty tattoo, right? Right, yeah. I have a Very good great friend piece. of good friends of ours. I've, I've met Nick a few times, but I'm not... We don't hang out or anything, but what's up, Nick? He's busy a lot, <laughs> he, so I get it, yeah, but yeah. yeah. See him so a few RSL games. <laughs> Whenever I see him, it's hugs and kisses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, but it's always good to see him. My friend Michael Haddon, also, he, he has a big piece over my couch. Nice. Uh, Mark Seeley, got yeah, some Mark of his Seeley. artwork. Who I mentioned in the shout out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, Mark does really cool shit. I've known Mark for quite a while. We used to work at Fuji Film on State Street together. Oh, wow. And I'd lived in the avenues with Mark and uh, Mark Klein and Sean Gauchi. So it was like 2000, 2001. I remember I was living with Mark when 9 11 happened. Oh, wow. He, he was the person I woke up to that, that was horrifying such a, news, too. Was so he was like, bizarre get your ass to out see of bed. That happening. The United States of America is under attack. They've hit the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And I was like, what the fuck? And woke right. up to that and had a, a friend, two friends traveling at the time in, in New York. And it was just surreal. It was fucking crazy, dude. The aftermath of that is insane. I remember watching live the second plane hit the World Trade Center, like, and then the one hit the Pentagon. Yeah. I remember the one, at first they were saying like a Cessna hit it or something like that. Yeah. And my uncle came and got like, woke me up. Hey, come check this out. Like some plane just hit, like they think something on the radio tower, like scrambled their yeah. tracking and accident. hit it. Some sort like of weird, bizarre accident. So I'm watching accident. this. Happen. Yeah. And yeah. smoke's going on. And then all of a sudden that second plane, full view, Multiple angles, just you see it come in, boom, hit, and you're like, just what fly, the hell? Dude, that was fucking And then insane. something hit the Pentagon. There was never. There's some. There's some. some there's fucking some weird shit around the Pentagon. There's some interesting stuff, but you know. Dogs running podcast. If that kid will going crazy, this whole. I know that so. there's video footage of it, and I wish that they would release it. It's been plenty of time now, but regardless. Right, the Pentagon gets hit, to and another it. plane goes down in Don't Pennsylvania, it. and you're like, "Oh man, where's next? What's happening right now?" And I had we had to go to school that day. Yeah, you were in school. How old were you in 2001? That was my senior year, so I think you're two years older damn. than me, right? Anyway. I think so. Yeah. So it would have been your senior. I was uh, would have been 20, 20 years old when that happened. So when I had just bizarre been to New York. For the first time, over St. Patty's Day in 2001, and a, a few Salt Lake City kids. What's up, guys? Too many to name right now. And some kids from California and our buddy Eli in New York, and we went out there. So nine months before the attack happens, basically, I was there, and that was the first time. So it was again, it was just surreal. It was crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, 
So that was like pretty much like after that, it was definitely had some influence on me enlisting in the Air Force. Um, also, like, I mean, I was my senior year. Okay. I knew I didn't necessarily want to stay in California because rent's just ridiculous there. <laughs> and uh, cost of living is out of hand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know what I was going to do with school, so I enlisted in the military. My cousin nice. was doing the same thing. He went into the Navy. Uh, actually, like, did some SEALs training. He was a medic, like field medic. Oh shit! And um, very respectable. Yeah, and yeah, did that. Worked and coordinated a lot with Army and Marines. For like different operations. Operations intelligence, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we would be the guys briefing or debriefing pilots or like certain missions, like what you're using, what am- ammunitions you're using, where you're striking, what the hopeful outcome is of is that. <laughs> um, really taking all the different intelligences uh, from imagery to signals, people on the ground, anything that comes across and putting it into one package and being like... All right, here's the threats, here's what kind of armament they have, here's how you evade it, here's their, like... <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah, pretty pretty interesting. And so we'd brief and debrief. Mostly I was attached to a fighter wing, so it would be with fighter pilots. Okay. Yeah. But then you still work with the other branches in the Correct. military, so is that organizing ground troops and mobilization of vehicles and... So, uh, a lot of it was that, um, I mean, of course, the mil- the Marines and the Army have their own intelligences, but we would all work and coordinate together. And so I went to Balad Air Base in Iraq, and a lot of that was joint effort from the different armed forces. And so we're all part of one team doing that together. That's and crazy. so, yeah, there might be like, you know, little jabs or BS, like oh, you, would, you be. would give your brother shit or uh, something like that. But well, the, the list being good faith on Instagram is a uh, follower of mine and I've been following him for a while and he's active military in the army and, but he'll poke fun and memes or whatever, like jabbing the air force. Or the oh military. yeah. It's all in good fun, but it's all in good fun. And yeah. it does, you don't necessarily have to be a member of the Navy to poke fun of the Navy. You should probably be a member of the military if you're going to poke fun at any branch of the military. Right. <laughs> if you know what's good for you. <laughs> right. Um, but no, that sense like of humor. different positions and on a and, soccer team. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, it's awesome. The goalie can only do so much if the back lines shoot. <laughs> oh, bringing us back to the RSL game against LAFC. I know, I know. Which is it, it's rough. I mean, new coach. First full season, but... They looked good last game, but I don't know. Minus the own goal to drop right. one. They yeah. looked pretty good. It looked like he was just a <laughs> half second behind that deflection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And facing the wrong direction. <laughs> we don't have to get into that. Uh, I think we're kind of coming up on an hour. Do you have any anything you want to say in particular? Anything you want to ask me in particular? Oh, yeah. What books are you reading lately? Kind of as we mentioned before, Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Um, the the war, excuse me, the art. The war of art. The war of art. Thank you. Courtesy of Coors on that stumble. Um, by Stephen Pressfield. Again, a recommendation from Jensen, who was on episode nine. And that's kind of it, aside from studying for Lodge and yeah, different stuff in that direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you reading? Oh, I've been reading Alchemically Stoned by P.D. Newman. Nice. Um, it goes over different uh, 
indigen or different plants use in different rituals or like initiatic allegories or whatever throughout history. Okay. Um, and goes, oh, I, I'm reading, observing, ob, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a tough one to say. Uh, con- contemplative masonry. And kind of goes over. Um, Do you want to the, define contem- contemplative masonry? So, quick? sure. Uh, that rather than it being strictly from a literal point of view, it is more thinking on like the different aspects of self and how it will affect you on a, like either a psychological level. Okay like mental plane, your emotional level, um, things that are more subtle rather than things that you would normally think about and how to apply different um, practices to better, uh, I guess, exemplify the more virtuous aspects of self Okay. and to identify those things that are more like vices and to subdue those. Vices or resistance, right. and how to drive through it, kind of tie back connection. to what we said, we're saying earlier. If we're going to talk Freemasonry, do we have to insert uh, obligatory, or or not obligatory? What would the term be? But a necessary statement that this is no reflection on any grand lodge of jurisdiction or any lodge of that matter. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody's an individual, yeah. and uh, of course, we always represent like. Our friends and our, who, whatever circle, the birds of a feather. on our right yeah. on our on how we act in the community or like you know if you say some off color jokes somewhere that's not just you speaking that's like whoever somebody sees you associated with so like yeah keeping yourself in check keeping your friends in check and things like that it's just an ongoing practice throughout life and all of its transactions so oh that's awesome uh, it was I don't know, a- how do you feel about that I think that's another episode <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, and I'd love to have you back for that episode if you're down to come I would on love in the to. future. Yeah. And uh, we can kind of have more of an outline. I keep trying to introduce people, and and even though it's a little random, it's unscripted, there's no direct subject matter, there are those episodes that are coming. But I really want to introduce everybody to people that I hope will be on in the future. When season two kicks off, when you come back, you know, people have an idea of what you're into, tattoos, cars, you were in the military, uh, <laughs> Freemasonry, Carl Sagan. I'm open to questions. all these different things. So, uh, But I think it, it's awesome. I appreciate you coming on. So sure. I'll have you on in the future, and, and I'll give you a hearty handshake, and we'll grab some <laughs> Thanks dinner Thanks for the invite, LJ. Yeah, no, thank you for your time. Always love the conversation. Love it. And that's a wrap on Episode 10 of the Dead Serial Podcast. Don't forget to check out Mark Seeley at City Home Collective. You can also find him on Instagram at Mark Seeley Art. You can also follow this Instagram at dead underscore serial. Do no harm. Take no shit. Taking us out tonight is Spooky DeVille. Don't forget to check him out April 1st at Metro Music Hall. They'll be playing with Coughing Cats, Goddamn Gallows, and Against the Grain. And thanks for tuning in.